يو سوني السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته السلام عليكم وعليكم السلام to all the viewers السلام عليكم انت سوني فاز برو هاي دون برو I'm doing good. Alaikum salam. I learned that one. Hey. <laughs> I like that, bro. Y'all better smash that like button, bro, for that. Alaikum salam. Now, make sure you guys watch this stream till the end. We have another subscriber, alhamdulillah, that wants to take the shahada and become a Muslim. So, Sunny Faz, bro, you're more than welcome to be a part of that if you want to witness that. Um, or if you don't want to, no pressure, bro. When we're done the stream in about an hour, we'll just bring that subscriber in. Now, how awesome. has your... life been since we last got you on the stream bro what's new it's been good it's been it's been hectic you know we just drove across the country up north um been doing a lot of business stuff uh ended a partnership with somebody it's been a really stressful couple weeks but it's been pretty good okay on the love bro all it's praise to the most high how's your mom doing my mom's doing good she's over there right now i'm in the, the living room of my family house up north So it's there's people cooking meatballs. My grandma's walking around. <laughs> so it's a funny okay, background okay. behind the camera. You guys are Italian, right? Yeah. Okay. So what do you yeah, guys super, what do you guys think about Italian. what do you guys think about the pizza and pasta in the West? The pizza and pasta in the West. Well, New Yorkers are especially weird about it. Like they only like New York pizza, and then when they go outside, they kind of complain everything's not like New York. <laughs> okay. But um, it's it's good. I, that's like some of my favorite foods. Pizza and pasta. Okay. Okay. Alhamdulillah. How are you? How are you boys doing today? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Doing good, man. Doing good. Alhamdulillah. Okay. So before we jump into this, do you, any of you guys have anything that you want to bring up? Any questions? Anything that is on your mind before we jump right in? How's the, uh, the Quran reading going, man? Have you gotten a chance to, uh, to open up? Yeah, so I've opened it up. I, I've I've barely re- read much of it yet so far, to be quite honest. Um, it's on the to-do list to you know dedicate like some of my time to move through it every day, but it's good. Thank you guys so much for the gift too. Greatly appreciate it. Of course, of course, no worries, man. You just gotta even if it's like you know two pages a day, just gotta make room for it. That's uh, something I learned you know over time. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's yeah. definitely helpful having the you know um, the translated version. It would yeah. have been a little tough to read. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Alhamdulillah. And uh, we're here, you know, if you have any questions about it. Awesome. You know, yeah. In general. It's, it's been crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I still get hundreds of DMs a day. So it's tough to respond to everyone. I'm sure you guys get the same thing where people uh, light up your DMs, especially with us. It's like a million different videos to react to. <laughs> so it, it's hard to respond to it all. Like all my comments, like I, I have a, a business account for my agency. So all I have is it in my bio. And now people go to my Instagram bio, click on that one and then DM my business account. Oh no. It's, it's, it's funny, but <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> Guys, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't mix the business and, uh, and like the religious uh, YouTube stuff, please. Uh, let the man be. He has his own business. Um, please. So last time, last time we, uh, I think we focused mainly on your mom and her views and that stuff. And I think us and the viewers realized that there wasn't a lot of time allocated to you to talk about your beliefs, what you currently believe, um, you know, what you think about Islam and um, your journey with that. You went into it a little bit, but um, I, I want to ask you, what do you currently believe in, if anything? Um. So at the moment, I'm not like. 
my mom's super Christian, but I, I don't, you know, super, I don't go to church a lot or any of that. But then I'm also not, you know, a Muslim, obviously, but I'm, I don't, you know, follow Islam or anything. I, I'm still kind of where you, you do good um, and that comes back around to you. I haven't like picked one religion. I'm still kind of just researching around um, to kind of, you know, make my final decision. But it's definitely been a crazy journey looking into Islam because my perspective of it has changed completely from, you know, the start of when I even watched the first video. Like back then it was still, you know, the typical American point of view where I knew nothing about it. I didn't realize they're both Abrahamic religions. They, you know, they both believe in the same God, essentially Jesus in the Quran. Like I, I would have never known that. So it's definitely been a really cool journey. But for what I believe in, I still don't, you know, identify with one specific religion. It's more of just like a, you know, you what goes around comes around. You do good. What what good energy you put out there comes back to you. I see. All right. All right. Very beautiful. I think a lot of people nowadays have that kind of, it's almost like karmaic belief, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and I, I can see where it comes from. You know, people love the idea of, of justice and fairness and that stuff, uh, which I think is beautiful. So this opens up the question. Um, let's, you say you're looking to different religions. How do you think you would critique these different religions? Like, let's say you look at Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, different ways of life. What criteria would you use to determine one is true and, and another is not? Hmm, that's a good question. So I, I definitely agree with how in... You, like you need rules and stuff so i've definitely you know like a lot of the point you guys make tate makes is that with christianity it feels like there isn't as many rules anymore people can kind of just do whatever they want and that's why i kind of haven't you know <laughs> been you know as a following of that lately especially even with like the girls and like one of the red flags i say is like if, if she has bible quotes in her bio right <laughs> like watch out you know what i mean like stuff like that and then um I don't know. Let, let yeah. me ask you a simpler question. Cause I, I, I had a feeling, cause I think this question trips up a lot of people. Yeah. They categorize, yeah. They categorize, categorize religion and in, in a different aspect, in a different realm of truth. Like if you wanted to come to a truthful conclusion in this world, about this world in something in regards to physics or chemistry or, or whatever it is, even if you want to find out if like, you know, your, your mom or dad went to the superstore today, how would you figure something like that out? How would you come to truth in the physical reality that we live in? Hmm. So I guess the answer a lot of people would say is like physical proof mm -hmm. or something like that where there's hard evidence. But I guess that's a lot tougher with religion because a lot of it's before. I guess like nowadays it's like a cell phone footage. You know what I mean? That's what a lot of people would say is hard proof that something happened is video. But then even with that, you can only believe half of what you see. So going with religion where that's it's before video and you have to take you know multiple people's visual accounts and what scholars written down um hmm. i mean it is it is definitely a tough question i'd say what like what has stuck um as facts for the longest amount of time to be quite honest mm -hmm. not something that's changed constantly like that's that's also why i respect islam a lot is because the book hasn't changed once and the rules haven't changed at all. It's the same thing since the very start. Absolutely, 100%. And when, when we look at truth in, in our outside of religion, um, you could call it physical proof, um, but that kind of, I think, reduces it to something that you can physically see or touch 
right now, currently. Um, but when you look at, for example, things like historical records or, you know, what we believe happened historically, it becomes a little less physical. And I want to open up the conversation to something that's not inductive. Induction is based on observation, physical reality, um, something called deduction. If I lived in, if I was currently in Spain and I told you I went to the supermarket in Canada today, you would not believe me because it's, it's a contradiction for me to be in Spain one day and that same day I'm in Canada at the supermarket and thus the travel time equates and, and it makes sense that way. But without mm -hmm. boarding a plane, right, let's say that would be a contradiction. So that would not be possible. So I want to make your life easy. Okay, I want to make your life easy. When it comes to all the ways of life, the only two it really boils down to is Christianity and Islam. All the other major religions fall into a kind of either it's ethnocentric like Judaism. You have to be ethnically Jewish to be religiously Jewish. Otherwise, it's a long drawn out conversion um, process to be, um, uh, for example, Buddhism doesn't deal with God at all right? Or barely does. It's just literally just a way of living your life in the middle ground and so on and so forth. Anhul could probably tell you more about that. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at Hinduism, it's, it's a nationalistic religion. It's a nationalistic religion. There are people, as far as I know, don't even really convert to Hinduism. They're born into it. Mm -hmm. So when you look at all the different ways, it really just comes down to Islam and Christianity because those are the only two religion, religions where we're taught to go out to the people and preach for them to come and accept Islam or to come and, and do apologetics to get them to come to Christianity. And now... Uh, to make it really simple, if you go to the Quran and see what it says, and you go to the Bible and see what it says, you don't have to really worry about the physical proof and evidences if one of them falls into a logical contradiction. And a, a great example that I think like um, uh, Sheikh Uthman gives a lot is like the numerical contradictions in the Bible or who witnessed an event or what, what were Jesus's last words when he, when he was on the cross. The Bible and the different gospels have different accounts of these things. So if you find that one place has all these contradictions that cannot be reconciled and another one doesn't and it has a way of life that is conceivable, then you're basically only left with, with that one option. So, you know, when you venture out and go learn different religions, I would say keeping that in mind is very important and not to limit yourself to kind of um, the, the arguments that you just hear from people and um, to what you can physically see, like, oh, why can't I see God? I think that's, you know, silly thing that people fall into. Hmm. So what do you think of that? Did that make sense? No, yeah, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, so I, that, that brought up a question that I have because you're saying how there's no contradictions in the Quran, um, but there are a lot in Christianity. So mm -hmm. what for the longest time, like the scientific, scientific miracles in the Quran weren't known to be miracles until they were really realistically scientifically proven, yeah. like... I mean, you, you know, a lot of them, like the mountains being seen as pegs, yeah. um, sperm looking like a leech. Is that what it is? It's, um, yeah, it's alaqa. Yeah. It's like basically the, the embryo uh, at a certain stage looks like a leech. Yeah. So and what were, what were those perceived as before <laughs> they were proved? Like those, those messages in the Quran, but because like for thousands of years, nobody yeah. knew what that meant. Essentially, if we didn't have the proof of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So some of these things actually are not seen as a, <clears throat> we're not seen as some kind of scientific phenomenon. The one about embryology, there's no way around it. That is very clearly talking about the embryological development of a human being. Um, and that is basically, as far as I know, seen as verbatim what the text says. 
First, they, they go in this state and then in that state, then to that state. And then later, it's just proven because science is a realm that is, is constantly changing. Right. Mm. So there was a time in the scientific method and induction, that stuff didn't even exist. So the Muslims would just take it as a word of God. It must be true. You know, first they're like this and then they, they go to that. Then they grow into this. That must be the truth. We didn't, they didn't need scientific and, and uh, you know, inductive explanations and proof of it. They just accepted it. But you also have some verses and some things that people claim to be scientific that people never looked at in a scientific manner. For example, um, one thing people actually like to say, oh, this is an inaccuracy in the Quran, is one verse that talks about the, uh, where human beings come from. Allah says in the Quran, let man reflect on where he came from, from a, a, a gushing fluid. And then it says stemming from between the backbone and the ribs. Now, people like to say, oh, sperm doesn't come from the backbone and the ribs. You know, that doesn't make sense. And when you look at the classical, you know, interpretations of this verse before the induction and all that stuff, and before we knew about all this, you find that what it's actually talking about, some of the scholars, the way they interpreted it, is it's talking about the human being itself. When they're born, they come from between the backbone and the ribs of the mom. You know, coming out the womb. Mm. Now people are trying to not now. Like this, it's also classical, um, you know, interpretations as well. They're saying, like we had an episode with Hamza Dorsey. He's talking about there's a uh, an area called the seminal vesicles that is between the backbone and the ribs that seminal produces vesicles, seminal vesicles. Seminal. What did I say? Seminal. Seminal. Oh, my bad. Seminal vesicles. Thank you. Um, that literally lies between the backbone and the ribs of the man and is responsible for most of the fluid that comes out when, when the man ejaculates. So my point is there are different interpretations. Some are scientific, some are non-scientific. And, um, you know, that I think should open your eyes up to the different realm of interpretation. Not everything that people say scientific actually is, but mm. some actually might, might have that um, capacity to be interpreted that way. Yeah, that's definitely a good point because at every point in, in history, you know, when you go 50 years ahead of time or, or later down the line, you look back and you're like, how do they believe that? It happens every single time. Like even, you know, the, you could go to any point in history and be like, what? They believe the earth was flat? Like and then like us, you know, having more scientific knowledge in the future, we look at them like dummies. Meanwhile, if we were born in the same time, <laughs> we think the same exact thing. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. And what I, what I really love about Islam is I honestly think it, it always slaps the, um, you know, the contentions and the people with the contentions in the face. It, when you look back, it always slaps them in the face because there was a time when they believed the sun was stationary, right? Maybe a hundred years ago or a few hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. The Quran, 1400 years ago, said that the, the, the sun has its own like orbit, right? Mm -hmm. So if you go back to the time when people, Europeans in the West, they believe the sun didn't have an orbit, they would they probably look at the Muslims and say, look at what your book says, that's incorrect. And now we know that the sun, even though it's in the center of, of you know, <clears throat> our galaxy and stuff, or in the center of our solar system, pardon me, it still has an orbit. So the Quran was right. You know, the Prophet, peace be upon him, there's a time when he said the body has 360 joints. And there was a time more recently when it wasn't 360, it was like 350 something. And they found the, the extra joints and they said it's 360 joints. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, ended up being right. So eventually it always comes around and kind of smacks the, the you know, these, these Islam haters in the face anyways. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I have another question. Does yeah. the Quran mm -hmm. talk about equal and opposite forces, sort of like yin and yang? Um, the closest thing I can think about is when a 
a man came to the Prophet and he asked about hell and why it exists or something along those lines. And the Prophet said, when you have the night, don't you also have the day? Or when you have the day, don't you also need the night? Basically saying that, yeah, you do have to have an opposite for certain things. Like for good, there would not be good if there wasn't any evil. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred um, There would just be action. So that's the closest thing I can think of. But um, no mention of this kind of yin yang. There needs to be an opposite kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons I asked that because I kind of, that's what I, you know, I, how I look at my life a lot of the time when I'm going through something hard. I'm like, there's no good without going through this hardship right now. You know, if everything's good, nothing's good realistically. It's all just whatever. And then also because a big reason Tate said that he, he switched from being an atheist to Islam and finding religion is because he recognized there's equal and opposite forces and he could see the true evil in the world. So I was, you know, I was definitely curious about why, um, what's it called? Oh, my sound is muted on my show, whatever. But yeah, I was, I was curious about the, the equal forces in Islam. It's very interesting. Yeah, a lot of people watched that video of Tate and then they, they kind of got on that bandwagon of things. And Rami were talking about it one day that they think that shaitan or Satan, the devil, is kind of an equal and opposite force to Allah. Stuck for Allah. We know that's not true. It might be opposing, but it's nowhere equal because at the end of the day, Satan still believes in God, still puts Allah, God, over everything else. But it's just the arrogance and pride that he wants to go against Allah's will. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Hmm. Um, the more I think about it, the more it depends on what you mean because. I don't think evil and good are, are opposite in, in any way, to be completely honest, other than like opposite ends of a spectrum. You know, if you have like zero being evil, 10 being good, then they're on the opposite ends. Um, but they wouldn't be evil because I would say there was a time when good in the world was triumphant and beat the, num the amount of evil in the world. And there's a time like nowadays where the amount of evil overtakes the amount of good being done in terms of actions and, and, and what people believe in all that stuff. Um, so I, I don't think they're equal in that sense. But what we, what we know is that when truth comes, falsehood vanishes, right? If I'm, if I'm trying to argue to you that the earth is flat and then you find the evidence that it's round, anything I say just completely vanishes. Like stop talking. You don't know anything. It's very clear now. That's what we believe about the truth, about good, and about whatever you know, God has sent down. That becomes clear. So really at the end of the day, what you're left with is, is either ignorant people or arrogant people who do evil actions and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God himself, will hold everybody into account. And anyone that did evil, did it against them, their own self. And anyone that did good, did it for their own self. And that's how we view you know, evil and good in Islam. That you're only doing good against, uh, good for yourself or evil against yourself. Hmm. I like that. That's a good way to look at it. Um, I have another question. And if you guys want to ask me stuff too, just feel free. But I wrote down some stuff. So I know that you guys don't eat pigs and stuff because they're dirty animals. Can you kind of ex expand upon that? And I I'm just asking these questions because like this is the stuff that, you know, a lot of Americans would wonder when looking into the life of, you know, Muslims. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about it from an Islam perspective. Then I think Fahd might be better versed on it. It's kind of the health. We should, we should also talk about how it's not just Muslims, bro. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. That is a very good point. Yeah, so I, know, I, know, I know Sonny Fast said you guys. And I know I know you 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 see that because I don't blame you, bro. Muslims are a force today that, that, that we actually follow what's written, you know. But this is not to throw dirt on any other religion, but it's actually not something that just stems from Islam 1400 years ago. It's actually just something that's always been a part of God's law. 
but so why pigs specifically other than animals like cows or chickens yeah so firstly i want to give an islamic kind of explanation so allah and the prophet peace be upon him when anything is made haram we're told not to do this you know or this is haram or we told we're told to do something and we need to do it we aren't always given a reason right for example the Prophet doesn't always say this is haram because of this and because of that. Hmm. So that leaves room, one, for us to just say Allah is the most knowledgeable. Allah is, is, is the all-knowing and the most wise. If he says something is haram, it's for a good reason and I will obey God. Because I submit to God and his will. And sometimes there is a reason given. But when there isn't, it's up to us to basically extract wisdoms behind it. You know, hmm. if I were to eat pork... This might happen, that might happen, this could happen. And this could be from the wisdom of why God did not allow us to eat it. And I think if you've read the studies, you see that pork is, is a tremendously horrible thing to eat. For yeah, your, it's, it's not good for you, yeah. For your health. And fine, if you want to go into that and talk about some of the uh, the cons to eating pork. Yeah, I mean, guys, I can I, I can do a lot of research that I've, I've compiled before and I can just put a link in the description. But simply put, the way that pork is preserved, the way it's handled, when you look at like, you know, FDA regulations on animal control, when you look at, you know, just the bacteria, when you look at the pathogens that it has, the way it's prepared, when you look at sausages. Um, I was even, even in TV shows, bro, like there was this one TV show called House and it's like a medical show. A lot of people watch it, you know, these are mainstream shows and it just shows one kid that just ended up in the hospital. And they couldn't find the cause about it, but they found out that for a long period of time, they were having basically pork, like just sausages, you know, and the way it's preserved, frozen, it, it's a very dirty type of meat. What do you expect from an animal that eats its own fecal matter? You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't be surprised when you get sick. Yeah. But no, this that, kind of, it, it kind of ties into a lot about, like, I wanted to play a video, bro. bro. It's like a quick, like, two, three minute video. It's nothing too long. I think Anna already knows what I'm about to play. Um, but it's something that I like showing a lot of people because... Non-Muslims, bro, they come into Islam and they wonder, why do you guys have this thing called halal meat? You know, what is halal meat? Is it just like something that's like blessed? You know, why is there so much segregation? You know, meat is meat. Some people also think that, okay, if you guys are Muslim, you don't eat pork. Cool. At least, you know, you guys eat chicken, right? You guys eat beef. But we have a specific way of slaughtering the meat, which is halal meat. I'm sure you've heard about it. Um, so I do want Rami to talk a little bit about halal meat, um, if you don't mind. And then I'll just put the video up, bro. Inshallah. All right, inshallah. So halal meat, as, as far as I know, is just it's meat that's slaughtered in a very specific way as according to what Allah and his messenger revealed and with basically the name of God and praises uh, of God being recited um, when the animal is killed. So you'll find in a lot of these places that non-Muslims that slaughter their animals, some that even claim to be you know practicing Muslims or Christians or whatever, they, they have disgusting, disgusting, disgusting um, uh, you know, regulations and very, very disgusting... Uh, what's it called? Methods um, of killing the animals. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Methods, yeah. Like bullet in the head. And you can see the animals distraught and losing its mind and, and going crazy right before it's dead. In Islam, we don't even let the animal see the blade in our hand. We separate it from the, the entire flock. Mm -hmm. And we take it into a, a place where it's alone. We basically get it to lie down. We cover its eyes. We get it so that it's relaxed. We recite a prayer. It doesn't even see the blade. And then it's just mm -hmm. a quick slice of the throat and the arteries here and that does a few things one i've i don't know if this how accurate this is but i heard that it cuts off a certain nerve so the animal doesn't feel a certain pain or something i'm not sure if that's that's accurate i've heard that recently and secondly it allows the blood to flow out because diseases are carried through the blood so the more blood you drain out 
the cleaner the the, the meat is going mm. to be. And you're not going to have all those hormones of the animal freaking out, you know, poured into the meat and that stuff. Like I've, I've heard recently mm. that happens a lot. Bro, that's, that's, that's facts. 97 to 98% of all animal related illnesses are bloodborne. You know, so what, what do, we're going to um, show you, yeah, what we're going to show oh, you yeah, now, right. uh, but I do want to hear, you know, what you were going to say now, but we're basically going to show you like a demonstration of what a halal meat slaughtering looks like and, and how the animal literally submits. Like there's no cortisol in the body of the, of the animal. And we want to get your thoughts on that. But, but what were you going to say, bro? No, it, it, it's just, it's really interesting stuff. Um, fuck, what was I going to ask? I'm blanking right now. I'm such a dummy sometimes. You can just play the video. It'll come back to me. No worries, bro. No worries, inshallah. It's been a long day. No, I get it, bro. I get it. So I'm just airdropping the video. It should take another like I remember. What, what, yes. do, what, what do you guys think of vaccines in Islam? Because that's mm. what sticks with your blood for years. And that's what you know can can change your blood a lot is getting All right, know, so no 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 questions on the jib jab on this yeah, on yeah. this channel that's okay, how we got our valid. first uh strike but here's the thing bro if you want to have an a raw unfiltered conversation about that we can post that on our website so we've actually been thinking lately of posting more unfiltered uncensored things that you know we can't really say on every website and post it on our channel inshallah i think it being censored kind of tells you what you need to know but yeah we can do that exactly. separately but I'll put the video right now. Take a look at that. Okay, I'll do the Okay. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu jamian. God's blessings and mercy upon you, all my human brothers and sisters. Today I'm going to share with you a video an amazing video of two parts about the authentic Islamic slaughter procedure on lambs and goats. On the first video, we're going to illustrate the power of God's name as the only method of submission before slaughter. On the um, second video, we're going to show you the authentic Islam, the complete authentic Islamic slaughter procedure only using God's name upon slaughter. Exactly the same way the all the prophets have done for thousands of years. Abraham, Noah, Moses, Jesus, and Muhammad, peace upon all of them. Not using stun guns or hammers or any other equipments, electrical equipments, only using, simply only using God's name upon slaughter. Before we proceed, I would like to mention that all the scriptures, Torah, Bible, and Quran, has been preaching of one God. He is the He is the only creator of all creations, and He is the one that worthy of being worshipped and thanked by all His creations. And He also created lambs and goats as a blessing for humans, for the purpose of food and clothing. Uh, the scriptures also preaches about humane treatment treatment of animals, and as a humans, we only have the right to slaughter him in God's name, to be mentioned before slaughter. God's name can be mentioned in different languages and it will have the same effect. You can say God's name in English, Arabic, Hebrew, French, Chinese, as long as the slaughter have a strong faith in the word itself and of the creator and mention it, it will have the same effect and the same submission effect of the animals. It's an amazing word 
and it will have the same effect in different languages. These animals are bilingual and they all know God's name when it's mentioned, no matter what language. And they always feel the heart of the slaughterer if he believes in that word or he doesn't. Once the belief is there, the faith is there, and the word is mentioned, it's guaranteed effect and a guaranteed submission. La ilaha illallah. Allahu Akbar. We're going to take these animals, run them inside as a group. We're not going to separate an animal from each other. Um, every animal, every creation would like to have a partner, except the Almighty Lord. So to really maintain these animals to be calm, you always have to, tra to make them travel with a group. You don't separate anyone from the other. Definitely not one by himself. That would really make him very tense. It has to be two or more, minimum. Okay, what we're going to do, we're going to take the, um, the mamas, we're going to bring him over here, and we're going to make him submit uh, on the ground over here. I just want you to like just look at how calm it gets, bro. Like there's no cortisol in the blood. Cortisol is what happens when you get super like ramped up and scared, right? Yeah, yeah. So cortisol is just a stress hormone in animals. Yeah, yeah. This is total submission. Total submission. This guy is ready for anything to be done to him and he's not nervous he's not resisting he's in total relaxation no panic hormones whatsoever see I let him go he gets up Abdurrahim you want to do him? no he needs to show to a skeptical person Bismillah it's okay baby it's okay I'm not doing anything good Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. Okay. It's okay, baby. Same reaction. They all react the same. The power of the word. They're more religious than most humans. Wow. Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. 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 Total submission. These guys had a little. Uh, they come from a bigger ranchers, so they're a little bit wild. They're not used to uh, be touched and handled by humans, and uh, for them to turn around and just lay down like. 
really in total peace. Answering the comic, definitely. The power of the word. My not. Oh, this is the big boy. This guy in the auction when we bought him from our rancher, it weighed over 300 pounds. And it's usually gonna weigh more now because he was fed and he's been having fun, eating alfalfa and everything. He's probably 10 pounds larger than what it was in the auction. I weigh 190 pounds. So any dealing with this guy, he has to help out. Otherwise, there's no chance anybody can really restrain him or force him to do anything that he doesn't want to do. He's going to do exactly what he instantly wants to do. So if this guy submit, the power of the word is clear. This is a 300 pound animal. For me to drop him down on the floor to start submission, it's almost impossible for one person to do it. I'm gonna ask Abdul Wahid to help out for the initial submission, and then he's gonna withdraw and the animal's gonna respond by himself. Weighs more than him. Bismillah, that's it. Bismillah, Lady Laya, the last one, Jay of the Arthur and Samar, I'm putting only a finger on the ear. And this guy, if he wants to get up, I don't think any, anybody is capable to get him back down, except two people as strong as me and Abdul Wahid to be able to submit this animal on the floor. But now, he's totally answering the calling. And he's happy with it. There's no breathing hard, if you know that. All right, I think I got the idea. That's. That's really interesting. It's it's pretty sad to see that and then think about how that's how it's like kind of meant to be, but how mm -hmm. um, in the, you know, the big industries and industries and stuff, it's the complete opposite and they do horrible things to the animals. That's oh, I've, I've, right. I've never I've never seen that. That's wild. When you look at like animal production today, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, all these different, you know, mass consumerism, there's no way they can invest in that, bro, in halal slaughtering like that to make the quick buck. Whereas, you know, no, stun guns yeah. and machines and factories, if you if you really watch the documentaries about how they keep chickens, bro, there's there's like a certain amount of square footage that a chicken should have to have an optimal life, you know? 
and they have, I think, like two or three chickens per square foot. That's like the amount of room they get. Yeah, no, it's it's insane. I've seen a lot of those documentaries. It's horrible what they do. Yeah, 100%. And it's, this is a very clear example of how things should be done versus how they actually are done. But Sonny, think about all the other industries in life where people are doing it completely wrong. You know, think about, for example, and it doesn't have to be like a business industry. Think about things like intimacy. Think about the average person making money and how they make money. You know, this whole like interest and debt uh, based financial system that we have. Um, everyone's being promiscuous with everyone and anyone day to day to day to day. And they don't care and, and question, oh, should this be done through the sanctity of marriage? where there's obligations or responsibilities and trust put into the opposite person where you can't just simply walk away the next day. Like it's nothing without any consequence. Um, or should I just go around and screw around with everybody? I see this is done with, with mm. I would say every single avenue of life nowadays, which is why we are such a, you know, dystopia, unfortunately. Wow. This, it really is so fascinating because I tell people like one of the big reasons that I want to make a lot of money is so that when I'm older, I can have freedom to do whatever I want and teach my kids whatever I want. So I want to make like a whole curriculum where I have all the most important life lessons that I've learned. And then I teach them to kids with the Trojan horse. So like a business lesson, I, I acknowledge it. And then I find a way to teach them that without them directly knowing that that's what they're being taught. And I kind of see a similar thing with religion. It's like you follow this and it's taking you away from all of the empty things of life and every aspect possible with the way you eat your food with your sexual life with what you do during the day it's um it is really interesting it goes so much deeper than i would have thought because like even with the meat like i i i didn't think it would be such a peaceful way and that it, it goes so much deeper and it shows that they're really submitting um yeah it's wild yeah 100 percent. i have another question unless you guys want to keep anything yes. else on this topic no please <laughs> Uh, before before yes. that, I was just gonna say, um, uh, every everything in life goes deeper than we think, bro. Everything, every single avenue in life mm -hmm. goes deeper than we think. And even like one thing, I, I I want you to question something. I question myself. You know, I, I went actually. We have a video of me going um, and asking some people what their goal in life is. And mm -hmm. uh, for them, it's always always you know make money and become rich and be independent and 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 be free and whatever. And I asked them where did this dream and this this goal come from and they say it came from myself but the truth is it did not and i think it's the same with you you know the idea of oh i want to be free and and and, and all this stuff did not come from you it and it does actually let me put it like this your goals mm -hmm. happen to be financial freedom and stability and, and and physical liberal uh freedom in life we just happen to live in a liberal and capitalist society <laughs> is that a coincidence to you that your goal is the exact goal that capitalism sets out to do and your goal is the exact goal that liberalism <laughs> sets out to do. It's the same as growing up in a Muslim nation and being, well, my goal is to be a good Muslim and please God. Wow, that's, that's, yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. It's like people having beliefs that they don't even know why they believe that. 100. Program, bro. It's the programming. Program. It, goes, it does. It goes yeah. so much deeper than you, than you could have thought. Like I even when I started making these videos, it was like the Islamic programming of not Islamic programming of what I thought about Islam, that kind of programming. Like there's so many different things where you just have intrinsic beliefs about, and you think that that's what you, you really thought of in your head, but it's, it's the complete opposite. It was just instilled in you. That's, that's a really good point. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So these are just points to, you know, to reflect on. And, and it's really good to question, why do I think this? Why do I believe this? You know, can I prove this? Is there anything that I can say or think that would disprove what I believe? You know, 
these these are all important mm. things that every single person has to question muslim and non-muslim um but that's all i had to say uh what's your question my man um it's different well no i was gonna say what do you think about people using islam for views because I've noticed that ever since I've started making these videos, there's been like tons of accounts like just replicating exactly what we do. Um, and I just wanted to get your thoughts about that. I'm assuming it's like it, God knows true intention. Yeah. No, it's it, it's crazy. I just wanted to quickly jump in and say that I've I had this thought of reaching out to Rami and Anhel in our own little group chat and being like, bro, we should talk about this like new pandemic that we have of like christian youtubers reacting to islam for views or and, and here's the thing there's a lot of people that are genuinely sincere but then there's also people that they know exactly what they're doing bro their goal is not to genuinely learn or or look and allahu alam bro but there are people let's let's admit it as it is you know that they want to use islam for just fame and views oh 100 i mean i i'm not going to call out names obviously because i'm i don't need to start a bunch of internet beef like a child but it's pretty obvious it's 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 definitely interesting i i've i've sat with my mom and we've talked about it um like our intentions and stuff to try to make sure we're not just you know being um i mean it, i don't know it, i i see like doing something like that it, it, it comes back around in a negative way i I, mm. I wouldn't i wouldn't be proud of you know, doing that. Yeah. And I generally well, I mean, think like the sweetness of like Iman, like fully having acceptance of Islam and having that faith and conviction. When you come to that point, bro, you realize nothing else, you know, in this world is true except Islam. And you almost have this kind of like zeal or just this kind of like empathy towards everyone else, almost like this altruistic like intention. You want everyone to be put on what you're on. So that's why as Muslims, like we, we, we have that type of like, motivation and drive like you'll see a lot of people bro in your comment section because they want for you what they have for themselves bro it's it's a, a good comparison i can make to to that would be like me or anybody recognizing like the matrix and like the, the programming that you just talked about but in other aspects like the educational system and you trying to wake people like like that's what i try to do i try to wake people up from that because that's what i've woken up to but you're woken up in the religious sense so you're motivated in the same way that i'm motivated to wake people up from that it's a really good comparison mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's definitely really interesting inshallah rami uh, do you mind reading it reminds me... <clears throat> before you yeah, read that, i was gonna say i'm trying i'm trying to find the exact verse but it reminds me of this one mm -hmm. verse that allah says in the quran uh i'm probably gonna butcher this man so forgive me uh, but he, he says something along the lines of like, have you not seen those who uh, they sell a portion of the truth for a small portion of this life? Wow. It's like if you only know the uh, the uh, punishment that that uh, awaits them or something like this. I definitely butchered that for sure, 100%. But I was trying to find it because it, it, it goes exactly with these people that are doing this only for like the views and the money. Yeah, and I, actually, I was going to make a very similar point that in Islam, when we say disbeliever or in, in Arabic kafir, kafir uh, basically comes from a root word that means like to bury something. So we don't believe someone who has never heard about Islam before is, is a disbeliever, maybe an unbeliever, but not a disbeliever. A disbeliever. You don't know what you don't know. Correct. Exactly. 100%. So mm -hmm. a disbeliever is someone who gets the message. So all these people who are watching all these evidences and proof that Islam is true, 
and they see it's true, have no reason to disbelieve in it, but still disbelieve in it, they're just setting themselves up for a, an ultimate failure. Because on the day of judgment, Allah is going to say, you got thousands of views watching hundreds of videos proving Islam is the truth and you still rejected <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah At the end of the day, though. they're going to lose. And I, what the Muslims lose, you know, they watch these videos, they try and put on the best, you know, Muslim demeanor they can and, and comment politely and tell them, you know, that's great. You should accept Islam. What do you think of this? React to that, whatever. Muslims, I don't think, really miss out on too much. The real loser is the one who sees the truth and rejects it afterwards. That, that's what we believe as Muslims. I think in the Bible, there's a, this verse, if I remember correctly, from when I used to practice. And it goes along the lines of um, uh, why gain the world and lose your soul in the process or something like that. You know which one I'm talking about, bro. Yes, that's definitely a really good point. I've seen so many people, you know, sell their souls for for a little bit of clout or a little bit of money. Like I worked in the um the NFT niche. I mean the NFT space and like I, I just like hate crypto now. Like I think it's it's all just like a scam. It's it's crazy once you get to um to see what actually goes on up the back end of those businesses and everything. It's 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 madness. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. I think bro given something that... different nfts are different yeah it, nfts are even worse like the marketing strategies that people would use and then like tactics like it's it was just i don't know everyone's scamming each other it, it was just like a horrible space to work in so I'm, I'm glad i'm out of that but that really woke my mind up to how like people could look at something and perceive it in their own way when in reality it's the complete opposite going on behind the scenes and yeah. they have no idea mm-hmm. 100%. I wanted to ask you both, uh, Anho and Sonny, about your thoughts on Christmas. Anho being a revert to Islam that still has, you know, obviously you're coming from Christianity or Catholicism. So I'm sure a lot of your family members that are obviously not Muslim, you know, they still celebrate Christmas and it might be a fitna to you if you want to hang out with them, uh, so on and so forth. So I want to know about your thoughts. And then I also want to know about Sonny's thoughts because, bro, there's people commenting uh, about asking about Christmas, asking about that Christmas tree behind them. Got the candy yeah. cane, so I do want to know about your views on that for you guys. But before that, um, Rami, do you want to quickly just read these out? Uh, Rami forgot to add to the fact that during the crucifixion, Christ, all his disciples forsook him and fled in Matthew 26 56. In other words, none of them were eyewitnesses, it was all hearsay. Wow, oh, very good note. Uh, Ismail says, Does Sonny know the significance of the Christmas tree behind him? <laughs> it's a good question, Sonny. Do you know the significance? No. <laughs> inshallah we can talk about that afterwards uh top notch says inshallah sunny shahada <laughs> inshallah Yarab. allah guides who he wills yeah i mean all right so on hold, okay so uh, let's go I, into uh, that mm-hmm. i've learned jesus is a talking baby teach me more mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so are we going to talk about christmas we're going to talk about jesus salam. both let's talk about christmas or both yeah they're they're kind talk of about Christmas away. first. Yeah, talk about Wait. Christmas first. All right. Okay. I mean, Anho was. I was asked. I was saying that fact. You asked Anho a question, so I thought that inshallah he was going to talk first about Christmas. Yeah, yeah Anho, bro. What bro, my my bad. I was I was completely trying to still find that verse for Sony, bro. No worries, bro. No worries. So TLDR, keep it short and sweet. What were your views on Christmas? as a non-Muslim and how have you been kind of navigating around this time of year with family that's still not Muslim? 
I mean, man, I just thought about it in like a, a societal type perspective where I was like, oh, this is like the holiday. Yeah, you're blocking your like AirPod mic. Doing. Can you hear me, bro? Yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah. I was saying I, I looked at it in a societal lens perspective where I was like, oh, it's just the holidays. You know, it's just like what I've done as a kid and what everyone in America does. You know, so like, what's the big deal? Hmm. And then clearly, you know, once I came to Islam, I started kind of questioning just the, the mundane things that I would usually do throughout the year, throughout the day, like birthdays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, you know, Fourth of July, stuff like this. I was just kind of like questioning, oh, where did this actually come from? Like, why, did, why are we even celebrating this as a holiday or something like this? And then that's why I came across uh, Christmas, bro. Rami, bro, tell him. Well, as far as I know, Christmas started as a pagan origin. Even the whole concept of like Santa and that stuff. Um, I'm sure you guys have at least heard of Krampus before. Um, I believe back in the day, they would say that like to their kids, if you're bad, Krampus is going to come and steal you at night. And I, I, as far as I know, from that came the idea of a fat white man named Santa who's going to come in your chimney. And instead of stealing you, if you're good, he's going to leave you presents or whatever. <laughs> they really dumbed it down. They combined it. I don't know where where this happened, but eventually they combined it with you know the birthday of Jesus, where Jesus actually was not born in December at all, um, nor does it make sense mm-hmm. for him to be born in December. Um, they tied it to the birthday of Jesus, and then they added, oh, we're going to put up Christmas trees, and we're going to give gifts, and all this stuff where, well, Jesus did not celebrate it. Jesus did not tell people, as far as I know, to even celebrate his birth. Um, people did not, uh, he did not tell people to give these kind of gifts on this day or put up a tree or there's well, that's, no, religion. that's the matrix hundred percent. Yeah. There's, there's no religious uh, connotation except Jesus's name is slapped on it. And um, maybe back in the day, they used to tell stories about how Jesus was born um, and make like knockoff episodes. Like if you saw this week, like a life of Zach and Cody, they had like a knockoff episode mm-hmm. where like if something very similar happens to the story of Jesus, now yeah. it's completely, let me go to Black Friday shopping and Cyber Monday and, and Boxing Day and get as many gifts for a good price as possible. It's become completely capitalistic. It's it's mm-hmm. interesting you say that because I was completely thinking about that the other day, how it's yeah. all, that was 100% planned by people at the top of that pyramid where it's like, all right, we have Christmas. We convince them it has to do with their religion. We get them to spend money they can't afford on gifts that are priced with 10,000x margins. And then we give them a sale a month earlier so that they can buy these at a discount. And we make millions and millions every year. I mean, it's yeah. smart on their mm-hmm. end. 100%. Crazy. Ah, <laughs> there it is. Jazakallah. Khair. Anhil finally found that verse. Um. I this didn't find comment. it, bro. The brother just put it on there. What's the verse? Is that Surah Tawbah or what? No, put his number up. It's 686, six, yeah. This brother says, uh, the 25th of December uh, is the birthday of the pagan god Saturnalia. Wow. The church tied it to that. So I ha- I think we have to obviously fact check that, but uh, I'm sure it mm-hmm. is a lot deeper in, in, you know, in relation to that as well, 100%. So basically, it, there's no really real religious connotation to it uh, unless you consider the paganism, you know, religious connotation. Um, may Allah guide us all. Allahumma amin. So there's bro, something is, that... this, is this brother? My bad, bro. Is he? Is he? I don't know. I don't think this is the right verse, man. May Allah bless you, but I think you put the wrong one. <laughs> may Allah bless no you, though, still. 
No worries, no worries. So my brother Ali Hader sent the super chat for five bucks, and then he sent the same one for ten bucks. <laughs> so we got to read so this up, bro. Search on YouTube and watch the hairdresser of Pharaoh's daughter. Fahad spoken word. It will give you an insight on Islam. Highly recommend. Beautiful. I'll add it to the list. Zakhlaher, <laughs> um, brother. So I think uh, Sonny, you had a question before we start talking about uh, Christmas, about Jesus, right? About the birth, or him talking as a baby, right? Mm, yeah, I mentioned that's that's what I've learned from you guys about Christmas so far. <laughs> so it's it's very interesting because Islam in the Quran is not the only resource that mentions Jesus talking as a baby. And it's not the only source that mentions Jesus making birds out of clay and breathing life into it. <laughs> Have you heard of the Gospel of Thomas before? Yes. The Gospel of Thomas is something that they don't, that Christians don't consider canonical. They don't consider authentic in a part of the Bible or a part of the religion. Whereas I believe um, historians, um, for example, the New Testament scholars at the Jesus Seminar and, and those in relation to them, they do consider it as a you know historical record like the other Gospels. Because in the book that I mentioned before, the five Gospels, they include Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John and the Gospel of Thomas. And again, the Gospel of Thomas talks about Jesus speaking um, as a baby in the cradle. And it talks about him molding birds out of clay and breathing into them life. Why is this not something that's canonical in, in Christendom? It's because it doesn't talk about the crucifixion or the resurrection of Jesus. It doesn't mention the crucifixion or resurrection at all. So they say this cannot be right, basically. Huh. Yeah. Yo, side note. A uh, little side note. The uh, brothers and sisters, they... Yeah, they actually put it on here. So the verse, how to bring it back, bro. The verse, it says, uh, these are the ones who trade the hereafter for the life of this world. So their punishment will not be reduced, nor will they be helped. SubhanAllah, bro. Mm. Hmm. Wow. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> Is it my turn? <laughs> my bad. Yeah, I bro. Mean, like, just completely rip it right there, bro. I found it. But go ahead. Um... Surge, Ram, did you have something to say or should i ask another question no that was my only point about jesus as a baby and all that the gospel of thomas hmm. so with stuff like that where it's him talking as a baby so we, we've talked about this where it's like it's not as literal as it sounds something like that so like jesus turning water to wine it didn't it doesn't necessarily mean he literally took a bottle of water shook it and then it became wine it maybe meant like hmm. He told people not to hoard so much and to share, and then that ends up leading to more water for other people. So, like something like that, but then it's in, it's written in the Bible. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know if I had this conversation with you guys, but it. I see the, the facts it says don't directly mean what it's like what it's saying. So it's. I see. So it's like a metaphorical thing. It's not a literal thing. Exactly. Yeah. I see. I see. Well, I mean, listen, if that's the case, it doesn't really stand up for Christians or Christianity because all these proofs that Jesus is God, that he did these miracles go out the window and he's no longer God from their estimation. Even though I don't think that's a strong argument to begin with, um, they're just making it worse for mm. themselves when they remove that, you know, that mir miraculous aspect. Huh. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Is, is there anything like that with Islam where it's it's very up for... Is there much that's up for interpretation or where you need to look at it from a different lens? Or is it mostly like exactly what the book says? It depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about verses like, for example, the scientific things, I mentioned those have different interpretations and stuff. But when it comes to like miracles, 
I don't think there is any Muslim or scholar on the or, or scholar of Quran on the face of the earth that will take, for example, um, Moses splitting the sea and say, "Oh, that's metaphorical," because Allah describes, you know, Musa salam did this and then split the ocean open. The children of Israel walked through it, and then that same ocean crushed the um, the Pharaoh and and his people, uh, basically, you know, destroying their enemies. I don't see how that could be metaphorical. So I don't think the any miracle that's mentioned is metaphorical, and it would completely undermine the purpose of a miracle. Uh, imagine, imagine, you know, someone comes to you and said, "Oh my God, Rami did this phenomenal thing, this huge miracle." You know, he he made a chair from nothing, and you're like, "Oh my God, really?" And they're like, "It's a metaphor, bro. It's a metaphor." You know, he sat down on the floor. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's a good bro. Point. You had a question about the mirage, the night journey. A lot of uh, subs are asking about that. Then what was it? I think uh, so. A lot of subs are saying that you had a question about the night journey in Islam. Or um, did you not? I don't think I did. Why? Was, was, I, gonna, okay. was I gonna say something there? No, I think that's just someone telling him to ask about that. People say oh. some crazy stuff in um in DMs. I saw someone. I I, I itched my eye, and someone said, "Was he given the finger?" <laughs> <laughs> It's like, bro, it's itching my eye. Rami Afi, could you, could you read this up? Yeah, this is a really good point. So um, Hamza says about Jesus, peace be upon him, talking as a baby, you have to remember that in that time, the Jews, um, basically they had the death penalty for anyone who committed adultery. And that's why Allah made Jesus basically speak as a baby to defend her. And that's what's narrated in the Quran. That they went to Mary, you know, Maryam, Mary, peace be upon her, and said, how could you do such an atrocious thing? You know, your father was not a, a bad person and your mother was a chaste woman. You know, why would you do such a horrible thing? And it says uh, that he she pointed to him and they were like, how am I going to talk to a baby? And then Jesus salam, spoke and said, uh, you know, I'm a servant of God. He gave, gave me the scripture and so on and so forth um, because it's meant to defend her. And that's a good question. If this story in terms of Christianity was, was true, that <clears throat> Jesus came from a virgin birth, why didn't they stone her? Because if they, Jesus is a baby, he doesn't talk, he doesn't do miracles. How can she prove that this was a miracle and it was an immaculate conception? Why, why didn't they just stone her for it? You know, what would be the answer for that? Which maybe there is one I don't know about in Christianity, but for me, that, that doesn't make sense. The Jews would have punished her for that because they, they saw it as adultery for sure. SubhanAllah. There's also, bro, there's this question that I wanted to highlight and get us to answer, but someone asked, is Allah and the Christian God the same person, i.e. like the Father? Um, The Father, I would say yes, because this is the God that Jesus worshipped from, you know, obviously mm -hmm. in our estimation, and the God that Jesus told everybody to worship. Um, But when you look at the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three persons, one God, that's that's not Islamic. Uh, Allah says in the Quran, do not say three. Don't say three. Don't say thalatha. And don't say that God mm. has a son either. So this this really does bring me to back the question, Sonny. Where are you in terms of your belief when you imagine God? Do you believe in like one God? Do you believe in the Trinity? Do you believe in polytheism? Like where do you stand just unfiltered? When you just mentioned the Trinity again, it kind of just had me thinking. So like if God, with like Christianity's view, if what is like the difference between God and then like the Holy Spirit? Because, like, in my mind, I see that as, like, kind of the same thing. Um, I don't know. I it, It's hard to answer because, like, I'm, I, I believe you guys can't even fully answer, like, how you visualize Allah, right? Like, you can't 
give him human characteristics or anything like that. It's almost like a spirit or not a spirit, but something that's everywhere and with you. Correct. So mm-hmm. the term saying God is everywhere, you have to, well, like Islamically, we have to be very careful because we don't believe that God is literally everywhere, but we see he, he, we know that he sees everything. He hears everything. He's aware of everything. So in that sense, mm-hmm. you know, he knows everything everywhere and he's aware of everything everywhere, but he's not, you know, like physically or literally everywhere in that sense. So we don't use that kind of phrasing Islamically to be, you know, as safe mm-hmm. as possible. Huh? But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 probably one of the hardest questions to give like a definitive answer on is like how do you see god when you don't align with one specific religion you know what i mean mm-hmm. like how, how, that's like making up your own religion if you're just going to give a a brand new answer um it's it's tough to to say exactly what i visualize but when i do i would say it's like i told you um more of i guess an energy kind of thing where it's it's like a loving force that you have to, mm. you know, abide by and do good for, like it's the, it's the same thing with um, I don't know. I just feel like I'm butchering it, but like if if you if you, you, if you really want to be, what's up? Would you say it's particles? No, I, I that's the thing. Like I wouldn't even say it's particles. <laughs> I'm like just I, I, I'm just playing, bro. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. And I busting my chops, but like it's something like you obviously can't see. Like there's like a, I I think that you know even in like the lens of an animal for example like he can hear or see stuff that a human can't see like we already have different perspectives on everything around us so that almost shows that there's like different energies and levels of everything that we perceive so if, mm. if, if that's just like there's differences in what we see around us between me and like my dog for example that shows that there's mm. so many different layers that neither of us can even like truly visualize does that kind of make sense like there's yeah. so much more than what you just see with the naked eye. One hundred percent. The the more the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. They call it the Kruger effect, um, and I think that's a good example of that. But one thing about God is, since you cannot see God or directly speak with God, you 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 really can't know anything about God except that which He tells you. There are some things you can deduce about God. Uh, for example, if everything that exists depends on something else right then nothing would exist because the first thing that exists ex- like depends on something else yeah so you fall to infinite regression doesn't make sense so what you conclude is that there is something that doesn't depend on something else it's independent necessary and always existed you know that's something you can deduce about god and that's a part of the what they call the contingency argument for uh, for something that's necessary like for basically just god um but when it comes to you know god is all loving or or loving or has you know loves in any way or you know, God has mercy or God created heaven and hell and all these things. You can't really prove any of that stuff unless God himself gives you a religion and a prophet that proves it for you. Mm. And I think that's why Islam is so powerful because we don't say that, oh, Islam is true because you're going to die and wake up on the day of judgment. No, no, no. We say you're going to, you, you should know that you're going to die and wake up on the day of judgment because Islam, I could prove it's true using this, Mm. this, and this evidence. So we prove Islam in internally and externally. And once we do that, we say, now that you know Islam is the truth and you have the evidence, you should know that angels exist, heaven and hell exist, you will be held accountable for your actions, and these are the things that God wants you to do. I think that's why Islam is so powerful. Interesting. And to so just quickly sum up the answer from before, bro, about the Trinity, 
we don't believe in, you know, co-equal, co-eternal partners. We believe God is one. Very simple, like Rami mentioned in the last episode with your mom. We believe, you know, the son, who is Jesus Christ, is not even the son, right? It's just a human being, a prophet of Allah. And we believe the Holy Spirit to be a creation of Allah as well, which is just the angel Gabriel, right? The archangel that gives, you know, revelation to prophets. Not anything as a part of God or one with God. I definitely do have to say, though, it makes a lot more sense to me than the Holy Trinity. Like, if I'm just being honest, like having one one God like that in my mind does just add up more. And you, more you, you don't want to be too loud, bro. Your, your family's right there. <laughs> yeah, you know, you yeah, know, how no, don't worry. You're, not, you're definitely not the only one, bro. That's I think literally everyone, yeah. including Christians, whether they want to admit it or not. And in, in, in totality, mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, the idea of one God is a lot simpler and makes more sense than a three-in-one God that's co-equal, co-eternal, where Jesus was given birth to and died and didn't know everything, but he's God who's all-knowing. At the end of the day, it's it's, it's never going to make as much sense as what the Jews and the Muslims believe. Yeah, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people out there that will try to give metaphors as to how the Trinity is correct and how it works, but these are just metaphors. But then when you actually take the real thing, the actual Trinity, and you apply it logically. Like, remember, God gave us intellect. God gave mm-hmm. us logic. Why? He gave us this logic so that we could reason, so that we could reflect, so that we could see the signs and ponder on them. Like, we have limited intellect for a reason. Because if it was unlimited, then we would be at the same level that God is, and that's there'd be no point at this point, right? But mm-hmm. if... I mean, again, you, you're thinking to yourself and it's like, oh, this doesn't make sense. And like, I, I had a friend back in the day where I told him about this. And then he tried to give me the metaphor that the Trinity was like uh, water, that when it freezes, it's still water, mm. but then it can melt and turn back into water. And then it can um, evaporate and be you, gas. Exactly. And then that's still water in essence. I'm like, bro, yeah, okay. The example makes sense, but now, like, think about it logically. Think about it rationally. Think about the actual thing that you're reading in this book and just apply your own logic to it. And, like, your own logic will fail to actually comprehend it. Because, again, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, it's not it. It was, it was something that was man-made. Another thing, though, is, like, is God meant to be, like, fully understood? You know what I mean? Because there's so much, like, even with time, like technically time goes back infinitely and goes forward infinitely like we don't even know what like what we don't even know what time is and that's what we go by like that's the most important metric of Mm -hmm. life you know what i mean so if you think of something like that it's like are you really meant to fully understand god so it's like i almost understand christians too because it's like it's such a complex topic that there's already so much you know not like missing pieces but like mystery in a sense to it yeah. where it's like believing something like the trinity is like it's it's understandable but i i would agree that like one god makes more sense in my mind you know what i'm saying yeah 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 yeah. it's understandable but it's not acceptable and I, like i'll be the one to say that just because i was in it myself i've experienced it myself and again you use your own logic you will come to the you will come to the answer like no this is not it and it, it goes mm-hmm. back to what rami had said you know like we can deduce certain things and come to a point where we can say, oh, well, this is something of God. This is what God might be. Or no, there's, we don't even know what God is, but look, there's something 
where you, me, and everything else in this world comes from. We can deduce that from just looking around and using our intellect. We can deduce that there's an origin that we all stem from, right? Or that we we were created from. One hundred percent. And then it, what you said is like, God is not meant to be fully, fully understood, because this this is true. You know, we're not really gonna understand everything about the Creator. We only understand what the Creator has given to us to understand. Again, we have limited intellect for a reason. And if we mm. if we were to understand everything a hundred percent, if we were to say, ah, yeah, God, God's real, hundred percent, it will kind of, it will kind of ruin the whole point of uh being tested. Believing, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like you, no, there wouldn't be no, there would be no test at this point. No, it wouldn't be. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with that. That that totally makes sense. Um, and you've you've never been an atheist though, have you? Um, no, not that I could think of. I've never been like, no, like if I do bad, like it, it is what it is, you know, like mm. the sun's coming. Like, I, I don't know. Like I, I haven't really fawn, fallen down that trap too much, to be honest. Like I've this whole kind of world it. around us, everything was created by chance. Yeah. I, I don't, I just, I don't believe that at all, to be honest. Like, and it, it kind of always goes back to the time thing for me. Like the biggest thing that hit for me when I went to Catholic school in high school was like the first movement. Like what, what made the first movement, you know, like what happened first. And um, when you really think about that, it's, it's kind of impossible. I feel like it seems almost like an impossible scenario for there to be no God, you know, like how, how mm -hmm. could everything just, just come from, from, come from nothing like even the big bang is a theory it's called the big bang theory and people don't even talk about that it's 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 recognized mm -hmm. as fact black holes you can't even technically see a black hole it's a, it's a black holes in itself are theories because they capture light but nobody even knows that it's just like black holes and the big bang and it's like what well, particles got mm -hmm. so small they explain i don't know bro. like that like religion and a god makes more sense than that stuff to me yeah mm. absolutely absolutely and um i think at the end of the day it always boils to, to everyone even even if you even if you believe in the big bang which is not a problem you know islamically religiously think uh, speaking it's what happened before the big bang what caused a big bang what caused the thing that caused the big bang you know you can always go back infinitely um and that would be a fallacy so you have to start at one place um sunny yeah. Fazio, what does my man yeah i'm here i don't know what's up with my mic I, mean, I think it's uh, a video, yeah. No worries. Uh, but while we do that, bro, while we do that, bro, for a bit. One second. I'm trying to fix it. Um, okay, just while you fix it, we got a super chat. Um, Takaverse says, Sonny, check out Dear Mom by Talk Islam. It will make your mom smile. It's made by the same guy who made the meaning of life Muslim spoken word. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then uh, Mo sent a super chat saying they're teaching kids to idolize something other than Allah and they believe that they can get gifts without worship without the worship of Allah therefore think of Santa as shaitan or as Satan can I join right back I think I, I have to leave real quick yeah for sure bro, yeah, no worries. Uh, bro sure. All right, two seconds no worries we should also bring the um the brother to take a shahada inshallah and and speaking of brothers to take a shahada this super chat is actually from a brother by the name of Dom who took a shahada with us. So head over to our channel page and click Young on the Dom. live tab if you missed that. Not Young Dom, a little bit older Young Dom. Young Dom, Young Dom. Hey, 
Dominic, Jazakallah al he quotes the Quran, and he has subjected to you all that is in the heavens and all that is in the earth. It is all as a favor and kindness from him. Verily, in it are signs for people who think deeply. Oh my yes. God, this thing is such a pain. Yes. I gotta do this on Pharisees. Can I hold up? There we go. <laughs> my my camera's too far, so I have to like hold something where my face is to match it. <laughs> it's a smart trick, man. It's a good trick. Um, Aura asked, Sonny, have you ever visited a mosque? No, I've never. All right. Has all right. that that kind of leads me to another one of my questions? Has there ever been any like corruption in Islam? So um, I know looking into like Christianity, like at my high school, actually, it was one of the high schools where like the priests were like touching kids and stuff back in the day, crazy stuff. And I've seen like if you look back like a few hundred years, like the Catholic Church sold. <laughs> passes to get into heaven like crazy stuff mm -hmm. used to happen so I, I don't know much about islam though there's yeah, no so, corruption in islam itself but with muslims of course mm -hmm. yeah and i would say i would say definitely not to the extent that um uh you know like the catholic church or the orthodox church has taken it in, in the past you know like in the dark ages uh, in Europe, it was nothing close to that. And if you want to look at Islam, you know, the Prophet he said basically the best of people are my generation, and then the generation to come after that, then the generation to come after that. So if you want to look at like the best Muslims, you look at the first three generations of the Prophet, peace be upon him. When you look at like Umar ibn Khattab, the companion of the Prophet, عنه, when he went and he conquered places, he conquered, you know, uh, basically up to the like borders of China, you didn't have forced conversions, you didn't have, you know, killing of innocent people or anything crazy like that. You you find that, for example, when they conquered Khorasan, which is, I think, a place like basically around like the Persian area, mm -hmm. um, he didn't. they didn't make anyone accept Islam. But over time, basically, everyone saw the beauty in Islam and they accepted it on their own volition. And this is in the historical records. You know, you mm -hmm. can read about it. So you will find Muslims in history that did tremendously horrible things, 100%. Even some Muslim leaders in cases. Um, but you'll also find the Muslims that follow the book end up doing the best things. Um, and one good example is there was a Muslim ruler that was persecuting Jews. So what did the Jews do? And one Jew in particular who, who wrote about it, I'll find his name later. He migrated to another Muslim ruler and that Muslim ruler took care of him and even made him like, I think, a governor or, or a general of, of some sort. Hmm. So, yeah. so where does like Muslim extremists come into the picture? Because like that's where like America, it's, it's always like a weird thing to talk about, but because that's. Mm -hmm how americans view it as you know for a whole and i think a lot of that has to do with like 9 11 and stuff like that um but like where like what do those people believe like are they do they identify as muslims but they're just crazy or like so and Rami, bro by the way before you answer uh, just i was gonna say I, I sent the link to the subscriber that wants to take a shot by the way okay so uh, we'll invite him inshallah once he once he jumps on yeah, inshallah. Before you go on me, I was talking to this with my mom today, bro. And hmm. the thing is, man, everywhere in this world, there are people who are extremists. Right? There are 100%. people who take things out of context. Um, usually, it, it has to do with, you know, once you get in that extremist mentality, you end up living in a bubble. Right, you you have a you you're delusional for lack of better words. You see things for how you want to see them, versus how they actually are. You know, and mm -hmm. the example that I can give to you is in Christianity. You had this group of people known as the KKK. 
Oh yeah, no, I'm not like there's I hundred percent see extremists yeah. and corruption everywhere. And even yeah, with yeah. like an audience, like let's say I have a hundred thousand people watching, if three hundred of those people go and do some crazy stuff because of my video, it's not my fault. Like that's point three percent of people listening to exactly. what I say and then going and doing something based off of it. Yeah, and this yeah, politics exactly. always does this with each side. Like they point at the other side's extremists. So like the left, their propaganda is focused around pushing like the far right people, like whatever they say, mm. like blacks should be in their own schools, like all the crazy stuff. Yeah, they push yeah. that. And then the right push what the left, like the crazy stuff the left does, like, you know, the transgenders playing w- men's women's sports and all that. And then everyone just gets their own skewed point of views and hate each other. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, if, if we go to the question, you said, you know, what's going on in these people's mind, especially Muslims that are going on with this. Um, Listen, I can't, I can't speak for them because I, I'm not there. I, I don't experience that. I don't have that mentality or anything like that. I don't know anyone personally that has that mentality. But just subjectively speaking, I could come to a theory. And my theory is that these people, they lack guidance. And when they lack mm-hmm. guidance, they have that fitra, they have the internal state, the belief that they want, you know, they want to believe in the creator, they want to do things right and be righteous. And then what ends up happening is there comes someone, someone comes and basically, I was, I was going to say something real bad, but they come and they just mess everything up. Mm-hmm. And what they do is um, they're very passionate in the way of speaking. And when someone is looking for guidance and someone comes along and they're very passionate in the way that they speak, this person that is looking for guidance will be very impressionable. I guess, I think that's the word. Mm -hmm. Impressionable, right? Impressionable. They're going to look at this person and be like, ah, he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. He knows where to go. Let's take on what he's saying here. It's kind of like we look back in time and we look at, you know, people like Hitler. We look at people like Stalin. We look at uh, other leaders, like Genghis Khan, uh, things like this. We look at conquerors, leaders like, bro, these were people that were very passionate and they, they were very articulate. They knew how to say and do certain things that made people follow them. So again, I just think it's just misguidance. But then again, like God knows best. I, I truly, I can't say what the truth is here. Yeah, so you answered my question then. It's just extremists that... The 99.9% of the religion don't identify with, same as any other group. But then that's what gets portrayed as the majority, which is pretty crazy. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I also want to add to the discussion a bit because um, even when you look at, you know, a lot of these people, their reason is not Islam. Even if they say it is, you know, their reason is not Islamic. Um, If you look at, like, you know, bin Laden, he said that he's doing what he's doing and he did what he did basically because uh, America attacked Afghan and the Mujahideen and, and, you know, they did their jihad against these people. And he says, they're the biggest tyrants. They're the biggest crooks. You know, and a lot of these people, like, for example, the ISIS members, when they're captured and, like, interrogated and asked, why did you join? They say, because um, because I was poor. They offered me money. They offered me women. They offered me whatever. It's only for self-gain and for political reasons. Mm, not religion. 100% not religion. Because if they were to read the Quran, the same verses they quote that, you know, unalive this person, that person... You, they can look before or after it, and it gives context. For example, in, in chapter eight, it says if they uh, incline towards peace, it doesn't say if they surrender, if they even incline towards peace, then also incline towards peace. Cause we don't want to go and like, mm-hmm. you know, 
bomb people and attack people. That's not something that's Islamic. So, you know, all these people, it, it, it's 100% because America has destabilized the Middle East, has left them with no political authorities. And when that happens, you have the rise of a bunch of different groups that want to grab that authority and want to be on top, whether they think they're right in, in what they're doing or not. It's something that's 100% political and not following Islamic guidelines at all. Huh. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. And that that does really clear that up for me. That's good. That's good. So this so, is the last super chat, I believe, before we bring on the subscriber. Salam, what do you hope to gain from this conversation? Do you see yourself as a Muslim? Um I mean I, I hope to just keep learning, to be quite honest. Um I don't mm. see myself as a, a Muslim now, obviously. Um, but I also don't see myself as a Christian now. Like I, I, I've explained what I believe as, as much as I could. And, you know, I'm in the process of reading the Quran and doing more research. So I'm kind of just going to keep going about it. And if I find it's, you know, the truth and it's what I want to go with, then, you know, I'll, of course, go with it. But um, at the moment, well, you know, I, you know, I'm just still learning. I think everyone goes through their learning process. I, like like, that. I think one of you guys said it took it took you a few years from first really learning about it before you actually converted. Mm. I like that. All right. Speaking Ronnie, of conversion. Is it Ronnie or Roni? Ronnie, bro. We got Sonny and Ronnie. Young Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome, my man. Thank Welcome. You guys, man. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, of course. So what before we actually maybe let's let's do the shahada first and then we'll ask him about his journey and stuff. Are you down for that, Ronnie? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get the most important thing out of the way. So I'm gonna share my screen just like I did for the uh, our last brother that accepted Islam. Can you guys see my screen? Uh yeah. We yes. Okay. Firstly, Ronnie, I wanna ask just to make sure that you have your, your beliefs Islamically in line before we do the shahada. Do you believe that there's only one God worthy of worship and he has no partners or associates? Yes. Perfect. Do you believe in the angels? Yes. Do you believe in the prophets and messengers that God sent? Yes. Do you believe in the revelation that God has sent with these prophets, like the Torah, like the gospel, like the Quran? Yes. Perfect. Do you believe in destiny that God has for all of us, a divine decree that he has? Yes. And lastly, do you believe in the day of judgment? Yes. Perfect. So now all you're going to do is repeat after me. Let's bring the, um, the shahada back on the screen. Yes. So you're going to repeat after me in Arabic, and then you're, you're going to repeat after me in English. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Ashhadu. Ashhadu. An la. An la. Ilaha. Ilaha. Illallah. Illallah. Wa ashhadu. Wa ashhadu. Anna Muhammadan. Anna Muhammadan. Rasul Allah. Rasul Allah. And now you're going to repeat after me in English. I bear witness. I bear witness. That there is none worthy of worship except Allah. That there is none worthy of worship except Allah. And I bear witness. And I bear witness. That the Prophet Muhammad. That the Prophet Muhammad. Is the final messenger of God. Is the final messenger of God. And the final prophet of God. And the final prophet of God. Allahu Akbar. Takbir. Welcome to Islam. Yeah. Our brother Rani. Oh, Your name is now yeah. Rami like me. I'm just joking. <laughs> 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 All right. uh, beautiful, beautiful. So, Rani, bro, we want to we know about your story, man. Yeah, tell us a bit about your journey and where you were introduced uh, to Islam. 
Well, I would say it all started like maybe like two years ago when I got I got really sick. I got a, a stomach a stomach illness, which I still have today, which we don't really we don't know what it is pretty much. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, like. I would say like that, that like pushed me into like a, a depression, really. And I kind of started. Um, I went towards like, you know, substance abuse, smoking weed a lot. I, know I look young, but I'm 20. <laughs> so, so I was doing that a lot. And then I would say about like three months ago, I started just like looking more into religion. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually a born Catholic, but like it was never like it was never pushed upon me or my family or like my brothers or sisters. It was never pushed on us. So when I started doing my research, I, I was really open minded. I didn't really know anything about any religion. And to me, Islam just automatically, instantly just made the most, just in the sense to me, I guess you could say. Yeah. And like, I had wow. a lot of trouble stop stopping. Like I could, I, I would smoke a lot, really. And, and it was hard for me to stop. And, but once I accepted the, like, like I was, once I realized that Islam is the truth, I'm, it, I went cold turkey, like it was nothing. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that is beautiful. Man, how long have you been feeling that way, bro? That Islam is the truth. Mm, I would say it was probably about a month and a half ago when I when I really really realized that. And even when that happened, you know, because of like my stomach sickness, it's really hard for me to get a job, like a normal job, because I I just struggle with a lot of like pains and and I'm stuck in the restroom a lot. It's a whole lot of stuff. And whoa, 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 whoa! Hold up, hold up, bro. <laughs> Are you are you gluten intolerant or lactose intolerant? No. How you know? Uh, I I've gotten a lot of tests done. Interesting, bro. Have you yeah. done like an elimination diet just to see like if there's any kind of food that's actually reacting in your system? Yeah, I, I we we've we've tried that. It's it's no foods really. We we think it's um I don't know I don't know how much you guys know about it, but we think it's IBS and there's no like real test for mm. that really. They said no my doctor told me, so it's kind of like a long process of elimination. So I've gotten a colonoscopy, I've gotten um ultrasound, a, a bunch of stuff. Bro, I mm. swear, I swear to God, bro. When I was in ninth grade, I had to go to the doctors and get all these tests done and had a colonoscopy as well because I was having issues with my stomach as well. Mm. And um, they diagnosed me with the same thing, IBS. <laughs> and um, supposedly that, that's just basically them saying, look, we have no idea what the hell is going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we're going we're gonna to diagnose you with something here. So you don't think that we don't have any idea exactly. what we're doing. Um, I mean, for me, bro, I found out that I was actually – uh, lactose intolerant. I was oh, wow. not really gluten intolerant, but I'm intolerant to eggs. I can't eat eggs. Um, I find that my body does best if I just eat meat and fruits. I don't know if you've ever tried that. Maybe I, I, worth I, a try. <laughs> Bro, thing, please, please try it. I will, honestly. The, when you guys showed the, the video of the halami, that was amazing. That was like seeing like the calmness and like how like, and you can uh, Rami talking about like the blood. Like on more of the mm -hmm. blood going out, it just seems a lot cleaner, like yeah. so much cleaner. I have, I, I basically have a friend who, his, uh, his wife is a reaver, and Subhanallah, she used to be a vegan, bro. Never have any meat, you know. Meat just always gives her digestive issues, and then after accepting Islam, 
<clears throat> I think she slowly started having like fish. And then now she has like, you know, chicken and, and, and beef, you know, halal meat. And no digestive issues, bro. SubhanAllah. Wow. Yeah, there's a difference too, man. With halal meat versus like conventional meat. Uh, Sonny, bro, I remember you were talking about like the whole energy thing and, and how like uh, you kind of know like that there's something there, there's something different. Like when a dog can experience things that we don't experience and all that. And then when we were talking about like slaughtering and how like if you kill an animal and it has a lot of cortisol running through its body, what ends up happening is it, it changes energetically, right? It goes from a, let's say, normal or positive vibration, so to speak. And then it goes to a negative vibration because it has all the stress hormone. That stress hormone is going to basically result in a negative frequency. And when you eat this, bro, like you taste that. You can taste it in the conventional meat versus halal meat. And then there's this whole saying in science, which is basically that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred. So if that's true, then that means that if an animal dies in a negative state, and that means we consume that and then we also take on that negative state. And I mean, look, I, I let everyone just kind of like be their own test subjects and see for themselves when they try it out. I do that um, diet, actually, like a lot of meat and fruit. Really? Yeah. How you like that, bro? Yeah, it's it's I'm 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 not like super, super strict about it, but I have like a few steaks a day for the most part. I drink raw milk. Another thing you said about lactose intolerance is a lot of the time you're intolerant to like the fake crap milk with a bunch of hormones yep. and stuff in it mm-hmm. and really? not like actually raw milk. And like I my health guy, um, I have like a personal health coach and he said there's been tons of lactose intolerant people who then switch to you know, raw organic milk, which you can't even get at stores. You have to order it as like pet food because it's not like supposed to be drank. It's all part of the mm-hmm. matrix scam. But then they're, they're totally fine when you're drinking like just natural milk, not with a bunch of chemicals and stuff. It's crazy. Whoa. I got to try some of this. I, I, I don't want to talk too much because I know this is a special moment, but <laughs> I went through I went through something too like that, not with my stomach, but with my skin. And the thing was cutting out gmo foods and a lot of highly processed stuff that was the biggest thing for me and making sure i switched to like a more meat-based diet and more organic food um completely changed it they they, they couldn't even like i had my whole skin was red from head to toe i i couldn't sleep i was so itchy it was horrible and no not doctor knew what it was and in, a, in mm. a matter of days of switching to healthier food i was all good that's all i gotta say though i don't want to ramble someone suggested ronnie pick up the book medical medium but ronnie bro i got some questions for you if Anno's done with all the medical diagnosis stuff <laughs> uh which i'm done to pick that up later too um but on your journey bro did you have any doubts when you kind of realized that you know what islam is the truth uh, a lot of brothers and sisters they have <clears throat> they have some doubts with family you know other brothers and sisters they have doubts with themselves or it could be even with desires bro because a lot of them are like you know what i really want to smoke this one thing or drink this one thing or go to this one place but now i can no longer do that as a muslim so they would rather basically confuse themselves into delusion into that islam is not real instead of just accept that maybe i can't do this one thing anymore i feel there there what you're talking about how they wanted to do certain things i'm always someone who wanted uh, my whole left arm tattooed and and stuff like that but like i think i never had really doubts like that because once i like really started looking into it and just seeing like you know one of the biggest things for me is how how in islam they they tell you to seek knowledge and seek everything 
and so to me that's like it, it it's just amazing and it just like really opened my eyes so now like i couldn't care less about these things at all like really wow. it's i don't know no that's beautifully said actually that kind of um that kind of um touches on one question i have for you which is I think Sonny is going down a very similar path where he is looking for the truth and he's looking for what is true. And there's actually one comment earlier about this. Do you have any advice or any general thoughts since you've been down this path already? Um, like advice on what? Like like seeking the truth. Um, and uh, maybe maybe from an assignment perspective, maybe not. It's completely up to you because it's your journey. But uh, advice on going down this path and looking for the truth from God. I mean, I would say just like, I've heard a lot of people say this, but like really just, I, I feel like uh, I'm thankful. Like I, I was born Catholic, but you know, it was like, I've never really been religious. It was never pushed on me. So I was very unbiased. And to, for to me, there was, I've always like believed in there was a God and that that was like the extent. So like, I just like the Islam just called me the most because, you know, the one God, everything, the Christianity to me always was like a little... A little far out there with the trinity and especially catholicism with like the donations and everything so yeah i would say just look at it from an unbiased perspective really and just don't uh, yeah that's pretty much it honestly i really don't know <laughs> the baskets they bring around yeah two, two percent i was of just about earnings. to say bro i was just about to say i remember that. i used to shove that basket down your throat <laughs> no no i don't have Real, that's that's funny R ronnie where are you from by the way uh i mean i'm originally from los angeles and uh now so like california now i live in washington state i moved here about like three four years ago now oh nice yeah so you know the west not not the greatest place yeah, <laughs> yeah no. I, I wanted to move to california initially until i got older and um, realized how left I, it is i didn't want to leave and once i left i never want to go back never yeah, screw that, dude. Hmm. All right, guys. Uh, do you, any of you guys around me, on, or even Sonny, bro? Sonny, do you have any questions for Ronnie? Anything else that, you know, because I'm sure, you know, he was exactly where you might be not too long ago in his journey. Yeah. So, um, where did you, like, kind of find Islam? Like, I was it through more of YouTube, or do you have Muslim um, friends? I have i don't i know one muslim <laughs> and he's like a, a pretty like i don't want to say but he's not a great representation of mm -hmm. being a muslim mm -hmm. so yeah i would say i really just found it through like just like i, I was just curious in religion in general so i kind of just started learning about all the religions and islam just to me drew the most and you know videos for sure like is where i really learned the most you know i've actually seen your your videos with your mom react which i like because you know your mom reminds me of my mom a lot actually so i really like uh, yeah just videos and just learning about all t different types of religions and seeing what called me huh that's awesome man wow um i can't I, really think I of any other questions question if you guys don't mind yeah yeah, yeah please go for it. Yeah, I just like um, you guys. You had a podcast, and we're talking. Uh, I think his name was Gabriel, and but uh, Fayad mentioned that when you seek knowledge, you should seek it in the right places. And I just wanted to know, like, what you think are like the right places to to seek this knowledge and the wrong places. Rami, please. Yeah. So first and foremost, the best place would be the um, the Quran. Do you have a copy, by the way? 
No, I was actually going to ask about that too because there's so many different translations for the yeah. English. Like, I just don't know which ones. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna make a we're gonna make an Instagram group chat, bro. As soon as we're done, like we did with Brother Sheed, who took a shot last week, and we'll send you a couple of resources there, just like we do with some of the other brothers and sisters, such as um you know resources on how to pray and basics of that. And in that, if you want, you can send us your address, and we'd love to send you one. Thank yeah, you, I appreciate that. Of course, of course, you're our brother, man. You're our brother in Islam. Alhamdulillah. So, uh, any other questions? Uh, I actually like wrote like two or three down real quick. Let me see. Let's go for it. <laughs> oh yeah. So one question I had is about the fast, and so you know, for someone like me, like I, I am sick, so like I I I can't really gain weight in general. Like I actually lost like thirty pounds in two weeks when I first got sick, and so like it like I feel like it's kind of dangerous for me not to eat sometimes. Yeah. So, like, that's a great question. So Islamically, um, every rule, every general rule has its exceptions, right? Um, and this is a great exception of it. If a person, the scholars say, if a person's health is at risk or they could die as a result of fasting, mm -hmm. then that person is not obligated to fast. Very similarly, when you look at, we discussed this earlier, you know, pork is haram to eat. But at the same time, if you're dying and there's nothing to eat except pork, then now it's actually mm -hmm. an obligation for you to eat that pork to continue to survive. So likewise, this is an exception when a, you know, perhaps a woman who's pregnant, she and the baby might be at stake um, or someone in your case, they might be at stake. Some the scholars say that in, in some of these cases, the person's not obligated to fast. Mm -hmm. okay. And yo, if you didn't mind, I actually wanted to read a Quran verse, bro, that goes into that very in depth. And it's in uh, chapter two, Surah Al-Baqarah in verse 183. So it says, oh, believers, fasting is prescribed for you as it was for those before you. So perhaps you will become mindful of God. And then in uh, the 184th verse, Allah says, fast a prescribed number of days, but whoever of you is ill or on a journey, then let them fast an equal number of days after Ramadan. But for those who can only fast with extreme difficulty, compensation can be made by feeding a needy person for every day that is not fasted. But whoever volunteers to give more is better for them. And then this needy person in the sub note basically says this in in the case of old age or chronic disease. So in your case. So I should like put it forward and try to feed someone in need pretty much. Yeah, you could do that. Or we can, we can hit up some people of knowledge in our circle that might, you know, be able to answer that a little bit more professionally. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then another question I had, like, you know, I, I, I really want to try halami, you know, I, I really want to want to eat it, but like, how do I go about finding a place around like me that sells halal meat? Halal meat. Just put question. it on Google, bro. You put Google. Just on Google. Uh, halal supermarket or halal meat near me. And okay. you should be able to find a place. Like, bro, mm -hmm. I was looking for a place when uh, my mom had moved out to where she lives now. I can't say it, obviously. You know, you can't leave my location like this. But I didn't, I didn't know there was one like right here next to me. Like literally, less than two minutes away from me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So you'll never know until you put it on Google and find out. Hmm. Yeah, you could also go to a mosque. Uh, there's a lot of Muslims there. They will know the in and outs. They'll know the best uh, places, inshallah, to get food. Inshallah. All right. So floor is still open to you and Sunny. If either of you guys have questions, and also I guess to the comments as well, if you guys, uh, if the viewers have questions. Inshallah. So I'll just put up the super chats. But in the meantime, uh, just a quick reminder to Sunny, 
take your time, bro, until the next stream. Do a little bit more research, and your mom is welcome to do so herself, like we talked about in the previous stream. And to all the viewers, guys, stay tuned for March 2023. One of the biggest guests, if not the biggest guest that we've had so far. This is going to be a really hype in-person podcast. We're going somewhere. Overseas. I'm going to leave it at that, inshallah. But here's the first super chat. AWS writes, I always love listening to these conversations. Much respect to this channel for all the knowledge it's spreading. Lots of love and respect from Kuwait. May Allah bless you and accept it from us. I just have a question for you, Ronnie. Why did you want to get a full sleeve tattoo? You know, I really, and that's another thing, I really don't even know. It was just like something I wanted since I was little. I was always like, you know, you see it. And like, Thankfully, I, I mean, not thankfully, I, ha I have one small one, but I'm, but like, I was, I had like plans to get the whole thing like really soon. And then, like, I'm glad I didn't really did it now, honestly. Mm -hmm. Bro, yeah, you're blessed. Like, there's there's really no good tattoos, reason bro. I wanted to. <laughs> Our tattoos are yeah. aesthetics, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, altering, bro. altering the uh, creation of Allah is haram. So, tattoo, in essence, you're altering the creation. But it also depends on what you're doing to alter. So if you're trying to restore the creation of Allah, such as, you know, basically some types of surgery on the body that basically does alter it, but it kind of brings it back to what it should be, prosthetics and stuff like that. It's obviously a different case than, let's say, for a sister that just wants a bigger behind. That's not permissible. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That's crazy, man. Okay, I used to think the same yeah. thing about tats. Sorry. What's up, bro? Oh, no. like earlier i was saying um you know it, it was hard for me to get a job but literally like i accepted islam like that that was the truth and like crazy like i got like probably the best job opportunity i could have ever got like two weeks ago or like a week ago wow Sometimes, yeah. yeah and it was just like i was like wow, wow. Like, it was just like amazing yeah, to me. Mashallah, that is beautiful that is beautiful 100%. Uh, Sonny, do you have any questions for us, my man? Um, I have a few long. more, but I have to run soon. My mom's begging me to, to film some videos. Why don't we, why don't we save them uh, for last time? But, but you should just give us one last question, bro. One last question. Yes, mm, please. What's all right? Because I, I don't want to go down a whole rabbit hole with, um, you know, the 7 Eleven <laughs> one. Um, what's the, what's the line between standing up for what you believe in? and fighting hate with love so i think we kind of touched upon this last time where tate's and I, i'm sorry to bring up tate a lot but um one of the big things he said was like how christian christians will say you or allow people to say god is gay you know jesus is gay and they won't do anything about it but muslims um that wouldn't slide so what's the difference if someone's saying something like that um like do you like do you go after that with love and to try to teach them um because the way he kind of said it was like there's serious repercussions from that from muslims do you kind of understand what i'm saying yeah 100 percent. so this is a very interesting topic because a lot of people talk about it like being a positive note for muslims um you will always have the muslims that you know turn to violence and to do um certain things and certain actions um, other times, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God himself would just do with these people like the guy, um, I forget where he was, he might be in Denmark, he was a, he was burning the Quran and all this stuff, and then his car just happened to tumble over, killing him and the bodyguards that are with him. Um, Islam doesn't, especially like we're living in a non-Muslim country in these, these lands, Islam doesn't allow us to actually go and retaliate against someone unless they're physically attacking us. 
you know, then, then we can defend ourselves and, and fight them back and so on and so forth. But usually for these people, we, we don't always respond with love. I think that's a very Christian thing. In some cases, we will, depending on the person, but we respond with what is reasonable. So if someone is, you know, for example, going in the streets and saying something like, oh, all Muslims are, are tees and they do extreme things and all this stuff, then we can humiliate them by saying, what about your own country? What about, you know, America when they, they're currently still, you know, doing things in places like Syria and other places? What about you guys? Why are you guys? Actually, you've caused the most destruction, the most innocent lives lost. And we can humiliate them publicly so they um, don't speak on Islam again. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Going at it with a logical point of view rather than just hugs and kisses nonstop. Yeah. Romy, why don't you tell them what happens if someone in the society actually does start saying something like if they were gay or something like this? Because I think well, yeah. this is like this is no this is well like this is something that like many people have a misconception on and they think that oh mm. just because someone comes out as this or whatever they're gonna be basically lashed to death or something. Mm-hmm. Why don't you explain exactly how like the process goes so you can kind of you know bring some clarity into this picture? And yo, just a reminder, we should mind the specific terms that we say, bro, because we're on YouTube. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. Um, well, are you talking about like in an Islamic society or in this society? And okay, so in Islam, we have this thing known as Sharia, right? Mm-hmm. Speak about what happens with that. Well, I mean, Islamically speaking, Sharia doesn't differentiate a gay person from a straight person. That's something only the West does. Oh, you are homosexual, you are heterosexual, you are lesbian, you are trans, you are this, you are that, you identify as a freaking wolf. Yeah, Islam doesn't. Uh, Islam doesn't have anything like that. Um, you know, Islam has. We have men. We have women, and uh, men will have certain obligations that women won't, like uh, you know, earning, providing for the family, going to war, and all that stuff. And there's a differentiation there, but there's no differentiation between a gay person and a straight person. Um, it, it is haram to act upon those desires. You know, if you if you are a gay person and you, um, you know, do sleep with another man, that is something that's haram. But it's very difficult for a punishment to actually be enacted because for something like that to happen, we would have to have four male witnesses that actually see the pen go in the ink and all this stuff. That's very hard to achieve, but possible enough that it would deter a person from wanting from wanting to do it. And some would even say that this the one of the biggest purpose of this is to stop people and prevent them from doing it in public. Because if it happens in public, whether it's between man and a man, woman and woman, or uh, a man and a woman, right? If they do it in public then everyone will see it and they will be taken basically uh, to account for that and they'll be given a certain punishment. So Islamically speaking, there's no differentiation. And it's the same case if a man married or unmarried commits adultery with a woman or a woman commits adultery with a man. There's a punishment for all these things uh, because we don't have the same ideology. We don't have the same basic, you know, we want to be free and, and totally free, even though that's a fallacy that the West has. We have, well, God gives us laws and we obey God. And that is our, you know, basically the, the divine revelation for the rules that we have. So it's like literally a completely different society that you cannot compare using Western values and views and, and, and all that stuff. That's why the condemnation of Qatar makes literally no sense because you're condemning them based on a criteria that you made. Imagine I come to you and I'm like, I have a criteria for a man. You have to be six foot nine. You have to be either African or Asian. You have to have hair down to your ears and you have to be uh, good at soccer and basketball. And then I come to everyone here and I'm like, you guys all suck because you don't meet the criteria I made. That's exactly what the West does when it comes to Muslims. It's fallacious. Mm-hmm. 
So I know I went on a, a lot, but I hope that answers the question. What do you what do you say to this this uh, clown? Or maybe you know maybe they're just misinformed. May Allah guide them. But someone writes, I think it's a she. But in Islam, you're either a man or an object. Well, first and foremost, in this program. Yeah, 100%. If if you want to make a claim, you have to provide evidence. So if you want to prove that this is something that Islam says, okay, bring your evidence. But Islam has no such thing. Actually, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, actually, let me give a, a really clear example. A woman came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and he said, every time, you know, people are mentioned, Allah uses the masculine, you know, believing men and, and, and good doing men. It's because in Arabic, if you want to include both genders, you use the masculine. They don't have gender neutral enough. You include you or masculinity or masculine words can be gender neutral in and of themselves. So it includes women, but she wanted to go to the Prophet, you know, peace be upon him, make sure. So she asked, What about the women? And the Prophet didn't really know what to say because there wasn't specific revelation about that. And in that moment, Allah revealed the verses in the Muslimina wal Muslimati. Indeed, the believing men or the, the, the Muslim men and the Muslim women. And the believing men and the believing women. And he goes on names all these beautiful traits that men and women have. And he says, both of them will have a basically a beautiful reward from Allah. So there's no such thing as uh, women are objects. We actually respect and value our women way more than you. Because we are obliged mm. to take care of them and provide for them. And to treat them actually differently from how we treat men. You're not supposed to go to your, 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 you know, your mom or your wife and yell at them the way you might yell at a man. Because men get motivated like that. Women obviously get hurt. So actually, we do more justice to our sisters and our mothers and our, our women than you guys will ever do. And we know that heaven and paradise is under the feet of our mothers. So uh, you might want to smack that back in your face. I was going to say, Rami, it's, it was that statement that he said um, was kind of ironic, too. Because in the West, if anything, women are more like objects because they go around sleeping with everybody. So it's yeah. like in Islam, it's like they wait till they have a husband. So isn't it kind of like the opposite? But what do I know? And bro, just imagine being that brainwashed condition and program that you think that over here, because you're showing off everything and basically available for anyone to see for $5 a month, that makes you liberated, bro. That's a queen. That's, <laughs> that's, that's independent. That's brave. But then in the, in the East, if you have modesty and, and haya, which is like the shyness, the trait that in Islam we actually look up to, that means that they've internalized misogyny or they're controlled or they're repressed or they're oppressed you know that makes no sense bro yeah bro that, well, that's so funny in in islam if you want to be with a woman intimately you have to give her a gift a maher you have to take care of her you have to financially provide for her you have to be willing to put your life on the line and die for her protecting her fulfilling her needs taking her places doing everything making sure she's safe in the west 4.99 a month <laughs> come on man haram Bro, haram, haram, bro. To bring it, hold up. To bring it back real quick the to the thing that we were talking about before, um, I want to share this hadith. I had to look it up just to make sure I was uh, saying it correctly. But uh, I'm gonna read it off. All right. So this guy, he says, "Maiz bin Malik came to the Prophet sallallahu and said, I have committed fornication,' and he, the Prophet, peace be upon him, turned away from him." He said, I have committed fornication. He turned away from him again. Then he said, I have committed fornication. He turned away from him again until when he had confessed, confessed four times, he ordered that he should be stoned. When he was being struck with the stones, he ran away. But a man caught up to him 
who had a uh, camel's jawbone in his hand and struck him down and he fell down. Uh, the prophet, Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, was told about how he fled when the stones hit him. And he said, why did you not let him be? So it's like in Islam, it's it's always portrayed as like, oh, there's these dire consequences, dire consequences. But in, in reality, like, yes, there are consequences. There are clear consequences. But it also shows of like how merciful the creator is and, and how like in Islam, like, even if you did these things, like it should be between you and Allah. Like mm-hmm. go repent. Go repent to Allah. Like, don't ask for a consequence when you can clearly repent right now. You can clearly go back to the Creator. So it's like I think it's just it's just in the West, man, that we have this being uh, pushed out. But again, like, what what do I know, man? What do I know? I'm just gonna leave it there. Hmm. All right, boys. Friday night. I say it's uh, we're hitting two hours. Let's end this stream soon. Um, but if you guys have nothing to say, then I think Anho is a very special important message um that he's been actually preparing for like the last few days on me yes bro i think the floor is yours bro let's not be shy take this opportunity bro say it as it is what are you talking about bro (laughs) this guy bro you playing games go ahead end it off bro I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. I, yeah, I, I have know. no idea what you're talking about. With this being said, guys, stay tuned for a lot of old episodes remastered, inshallah, coming up in the new year. God, why believe in Islam, comparative religion, breaking everything down, just like we did two years ago when we started this YouTube channel, but with a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more finesse, inshallah. Inshallah. And with that being inshallah. said... Jazakallah khair for everyone who attended, everyone in the comments. Make sure to like and subscribe. Check out Sonny Faz's channel. And thank you, Rani, for coming, joining us today and accepting Islam and giving us the honor of, of being the ones to give you shahada. Thank you, Sonny, for attending and giving us the honor to share Islam with you and our viewers and your viewers as well. And with that being said, Allahumma atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa kina adab nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam.